actually you. Everyone in it has got this massive soul. everyone welcome along to another episode of the Luton Town Supporters Trust I'm Kev your host as always for the Manchester United review episode and alongside me I've got the award-winning James <laughs> Cunliffe of the Lutonian James uh, just tell everyone the award that you've won it was nothing to do with football actually it was um I run a music well co-run a music collective uh, and record label in Luton and we got nominated for a community award Luton community award and we won the arts award which is a bit of a shock. So, um, yeah, whoever nominated us, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, fun night had by all. Congratulations from all of us at the Trust, not just the podcast. Thank you. Well, the award wasn't on football, but let's talk a bit about football, James, because if you'd said to me, well, any time in my life, really, that I'd go to Old Trafford and watch Luton lose 1-0 and actually come away kind of semi-disappointed... I mean, it's just madness to even think it, but that is actually the case. I mean, I didn't think they were... I mean, they were better than us, but you'd expect them to be better than us. I mean, this Manchester United global institution and God knows how many millions of quid that they're worth, but they didn't dominate us in the way that you'd expect Manchester United to dominate Luton. That's the thing, isn't it? You, you come away feeling disappointed by a 1-0... And not only that, them being absolutely elated that they've beat you on Neil, and that's a bit of a strange one for me um, to, to even think about it in those terms. You know, we were boys the last time we went up there for a league game, so uh, all those things are yeah, yeah, pretty mad. And you know, to run them close and um, yeah, just just narrowly get edged out really is um, it's something to be. It's almost something to be quite proud of, really. It's, it's, it's strange talking like that about a defeat, isn't it? But it's something to be quite proud of about how far Luton have come, and it it, it is another thing that demonstrates that. Um, but um, you know, ultimately, it's a game of football, and um, they lost. I I generally thought there was a chance of getting something up there, and I got the score prediction right. <laughs> Just not the who, the who for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, obviously, yeah, wrong way round from sort of all all angles, really. You're right. And that's an excellent point about being proud. Because as much as I was disappointed with the result, I was only disappointed with the result. I wasn't disappointed with the performance. I wasn't disappointed with the setup. I wasn't disappointed with anything anyone Luton did on the day, on the pitch, off the pitch, or anything like that. I thought we were absolutely excellent. I mean, ultimately, Man United are going through a bad place. We highlighted that in the preview podcast. You can't move for people telling you that they're in crisis when they're not. But also, you look at it now, and that's four wins out of their last five. So it's not much of a crisis, is it? You know, mm. and um, the thing is, you look at their starting lineup. I mean, they gave us no chance really by playing Anthony. He was on the bench. That would have given us a lot more help if he'd started the game. So you've got Rashford on one side, Garnacho on the other side, Hoyland. Bruno Fernandes, so you're looking at, you know, two youth products and two blokes who cost a combined, what, 100, 120 million quid, with two more to come on, uh, Mount and Anthony, who cost the best part of 150 between them. But they didn't dominate us to the point where, yes, they were better than us. Of course they were. They're going to be better than us at Old Trafford. They're going to be better than every team in Luton's situation at Old Trafford. And Kaminsky made some brilliant saves. 
But I wouldn't say he was overworked for a Premier League goalkeeper. Plenty more goalkeepers will go to Old Trafford when they have clicked into gear and the, the Manchester United that everyone kind of anticipates and they'll, they'll have much busier days than what Kaminsky had. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I think that they will get... They'll, they'll thump a few teams up there that seems almost inevitable um, just for who they are and um, hopefully they can do the business and thump some, the of, right the teams, teams, yeah. some of the teams below a little bit because, you know, we highlighted this um, a couple of podcasts back about how important it is not to get thumped and not to rack up this uh, astronomical goal difference. And we see, you know, Burnley get tonked 3-1 and now they've conceded 30 goals in 12 games and they're bottom of the table and that doesn't look good for them I think that's probably the, I think it is one of the worst starts um, of a Premier League um, newly promoted team um, and obviously she Sheffield United had that 8-0 thumping they've since picked up and obviously got a point this weekend but it's going to be so crucial I think and if you can go to teams like Man United really when you're still feeling this league out there's I think there's a sense of that, that Luton are growing, but they're still feeling it out. And I know it was the championship, but this time last season was roughly the time where Luton were still having that in the championship. And then they kicked into gear, obviously, um, once once Rob Edwards came in. But So I think there's a sense of that, and that by going up to a place like Old Trafford and not being overawed and only getting beaten 1-0... That it sort of stands Luton in in better standing than than the likes of Burnley, who insistent on playing the football that got them there, which was wonderful. They ran away with the championship, but it's at the moment it's costing them um, a lot more dearly than it is Luton, even though you know there's only a, a point or two in it. Yeah, we'd all love to go to these grounds and take something from them, and who knows? You know, well, I mean, we still do have to go to some pretty daunting places yet. Um, we might do that down the line. Like you say, we do improve. This is a Luton side that in this 10-year journey, and it's kind of important to recognise that 10-year journey now because we're recording this the Sunday after uh, the day before, if you like, and exactly 10 years to the day, Luton were winning at Braintree 2-1 in the conference winning season. Yeah. And now we're disappointed that we're losing at Old Trafford. But not getting tonked in these games just could mean something down the line. I mean, like, like you've said... Burnley conceding goals left, right and centre. Sheffield United have already been to Arsenal and lost five. You know, it, small margins, it, it just could be the difference. But, I mean, the annoying thing about all of it was they didn't ping one in from 30 yards like you'd expect world-class footballers to do. It was a bloody scrappy set piece that was recycled and just fell to Lindelof's feet. And, you know, the one time that you want him to do a centre-half's finish he doesn't he puts a centre forwards finish on it and it's in the back of our net and you're like oh give us some help you know and, and that seems to be a kind of factor as well that Luton aren't being gifted those ones really I don't I don't, I don't think there's any like not calling out any Luton players for that they just defended the ball and it got lucky and it fell to Lindelof but Luton aren't getting the benefit of those sorts of little things at the moment are they I guess that's the footballing gods that are not looking down on you when you're favourably when you're at the bottom of the league and compared to if you're um, well they're not at the top of the league but one of the better clubs or the bigger clubs should I say um, 
So a, a couple of those would be nice if uh, if that happened because I mean Fulham had the same, didn't they? And when you're losing by such small margin and playing well, but but losing because of that one moment, which seemed to be sort of a mirror image of the of the goal at Craven Cottage, almost wasn't it? Just um, just fell to the right man who who was you could, you can't miss <laughs> you, you can't miss. Um, so yeah, in that in that sense, it's it's kind of disappointing that still we're finding the ruthlessness of the way they get punished is a thing um, that needs to be addressed. But um, you know, there's been there's been gains throughout this whole season. How there's been improvements throughout the whole season, and those things, I think, they will come. You'd like to think because of the fact that you've proven so resilient. And really, that match of the day didn't really want to do much analysis on Luton. <laughs> if you watch did, that, did, did Luton actually play oh yesterday? Oh my god! But the one thing they did say um, is that this team seems to really love defending, um, and that is an important factor uh, in this race to avoid the drop. Yeah, I think the commentator said that, didn't he, during the mm. um, during the game? And he kind of said that that sounds like a criticism, but it's actually not a criticism it's very much applauded and that and, and that's right I I don't know whether the team love to defend the the point is that they're happy to roll their sleeves up and get stuck in and do the defending which when you lose 8-0 at home you're clearly not doing the defending and it's, it's an area it's an area of strength isn't it because we're talking about a Luton team are currently depleted by injuries defensive injuries as well but the players that come in are all doing a very bang up job um, and it was the same last season when a revolving cast of defenders. The defence knew their job and they kept it tight, which is why Luton were able to go away and get so many 1-0 wins on the road, uh, which is important. And it's still going to be important in this division. You know, the first goal is massive. And um, unfortunately, when it goes to Manchester United at Old Trafford, you are up against it. But um, it's... I, I, I do take it as a compliment that they're that resilient at the back at the moment and it speaks to the point we've just addressed about not conceding so many goals and um it's it, it, i think it's maybe not now because it's we're recording this sort of just 24 hours after the result but i think ultimately when you sort of assess it maybe over this international break for the players at least it might be a confidence booster that they're not getting overawed in this league yeah i would agree with that and i mean you spoke um, you spoke earlier in the podcast about Little bits of luck not going our way, you know, in injury time. Barkley's free kick falls to the feet of Mengi in the box. He gets a good strike away. It literally clips the heel of Varane. Could have gone absolutely anywhere and loops up. And Anana, who didn't quite sell himself as much as he might have done, is there to collect it. Had he have, had he have missed him or had Anana have sold himself, and the ball goes in the other corner, we get a 1-1 draw. And, and that's probably what our efforts deserved. It just it didn't just didn't happen really you're right again with what you say about the first goal I mean we've highlighted the first goal on this podcast so many times already this season it's a massive thing and again Ananu is meant to be the worst goalkeeper since like human history <laughs> pulls off an absolute worldie from a Carlton Morris header that finishes off a lovely move which again involved Issa Kabore very much in the mould of last week brilliant header can't do no more Carlton Morris we've we've asked him find the target if the goalkeeper saves it so be it 
he found the target and the goalkeeper did save it. And it was just like, oh, why have you got to do it this week when you ain't done it any other week? Yeah, it's frustrating because um, it, it was a good header. But if you think back to a couple of podcasts ago, maybe further than that at the beginning of the season, we were talking about so many chances that weren't even getting on target. So if we're talking about these little incremental gains and improvements, then Carlton Morris getting that header on target because it was a, it was a fair distance out. He had to do a bit of work and he got it on target and forces the save. That's the most, that's what you're expecting of a striker. You've got to hit the target to stand a chance. And before that, it wasn't happening. So, you know, you, you've got to try and take these little areas and these little um, passages of play and, and how things are going. Once you've got over the result, I mean, it's, it's, it, it's disappointing. You've lost a game of football. There's no way around that. But got two weeks to think back of it in, in that way, and I think those will. That's one of the things you can throw into the mix of how um, you know Luton are still growing into this, and there's they've got a chance. Should just say if you're hearing fireworks in the background whilst we're recording this, yeah, we are recording on Diwali. So if you're celebrating Diwali, happy Diwali. Yep. Um, that is what the fireworks are that's going off. Uh, we'll try and dampen them down as much as we can but obviously uh, it's a festival that's being celebrated in our uh, in our town and quite rightly so so we do apologize for that but that's just what it is um yeah I, I think the thing over the course of this season is every improvement does need to be flagged up because we're copying it from all angles anyway so we it's it's down to us fans to recognize that improvement yes we'd like that improvement to be where it matters the points in the league table but we kind of hope that we're still another 26 games to play these improvements do add up to get the points in the in the table. So you're right about the shots on target. Well, you're right about the way that we're defending. Take those first two games out. No one's really opened us up apart from Aston Villa, who they're still doing it to every team that they play. So um, that's fair enough. And we've just played the two giants of English football and we've given both of them a good game. Whereas at the start of the season, when we looked at this week, Liverpool and Man United, I think everyone out there would have been like... Please don't get two Tonkins. Well, yeah, no one's expecting a, even a point out of that. It's a great result. And um, to be honest, you know, we, as we said in the Liverpool one, it, it really should have been all three against Liverpool. Um, but that's the, that's the top teams, isn't it? They can do that. And, um, I mean, they made Brentford look pretty mundane on Sunday. So, mm, and they yeah. didn't, they certainly didn't do that to Luton. No, and that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, when you've got players that are coming in and um, the likes of Mengu hasn't played a lot of football and Osho in his first game and they're keeping world-class talents like Salah who scored two against Brentford on Sunday um, and he's keeping them quiet these are the things you've got to look to really and um, to, to give yourself confidence that we know Loon belong there and I think the rest of the league are starting to cotton on starting to gradually believe that Luton aren't these pushovers that they were originally perceived to be there'll still be a, a decent faction of people that think that because they only look at the league position but if you have been watching the games and I don't think that's the case so um, that's you know they're small positives really aren't they you're right you want more points you want to be out of that bottom three results haven't gone Luton's way this weekend which is unfortunate and obviously there's a, a bit of a daunting gap there at the moment considering how difficult it is to come by points because of Bournemouth's win um, at the weekend but uh, I think you've got to say that 
nobody was expecting Luton to get anything from those two games against Liverpool and Man United. And to come over the point is, is, is again, it's another positive. Yeah, I would agree with that. I will have a little, a, a deeper look at the sort of relegation battle when we do our deep dive later in the um, international break. There's a few things that we'll talk about during that and we'll assess that. But you're right, uh, results certainly haven't gone our way this weekend. But I do think this is a two-game league. You put two results together and all of a sudden things are a lot different. Uh, you look at Everton, they've done that and, the, and they're probably thinking they're safe. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, I think they probably are, but... It's just confidence, isn't it? Well, as well, of getting a result. You've got to think as well that that they haven't got the result. They've got a draw now at home, but then they're waiting for that first win. When that happens, um, that'll be a massive boost. Everybody will feel it a lot more, I think, because it's you know at home with ten thousand Luton still in there. So um, you know these things are still to come. Uh, it's a very very difficult run of fixtures that. Luton have got in the mists now and it's not going to get any easier after the um, uh, international break with some of the massive teams. Yeah, don't mention it. <laughs> some of the massive teams have got to play. If you saw Andros Townsend's reaction when they put the graphic of six, the yeah. next six games up when he did an interview after the Liverpool game, you were like, don't worry Andros, we know how you feel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we know yeah. exactly how you feel. Let's go back to the game then. Thomas Kaminsky, um, yet again, done really, really well. Probably only a couple of saves that I wouldn't expect a Premier League goalkeeper to make, but he still made all the saves that he had to make, bar the one that he didn't really have a chance with. The save from Hoygaard, Hoygaard, Hoylund, mm -hmm. I'm not golfer, Hoylund in the first two or three minutes from point blank range. That's just brilliant reactions, much like the save uh, that's up for save of the month um, from Ollie Watkins at Aston Villa, very reminiscent of it. That's top draw stuff. Really, and that's what he's been signed for. Um, you know, I'm seeing numerous people. I have a lot of time for their opinions, saying that he's the best goalkeeper they've seen in their lifetime for Luton. And to say that after just 12 um, games, you've got to say because the Premier League level as well. I mean, there'll be lots of people that you know are fond of goalkeepers throughout. Like Mark Tyler. Mark, I'm yeah. thinking Mark Tyler yeah. at, at, at this point, but he's he played in the conference, didn't he? So. Um, it's levels really there, but um, to to do that at Old Trafford um, is is pretty impressive. The reactions to get that way because if if that goal goes in early doors, that is looting a bang in trouble. Um, and so to to do that, he's going to save a lot of points, um, save a lot of Tonkins potential Tonkins, and to you know. It's so important to have a goalkeeper like that. Yeah. If that chance goes in, all of a sudden 70,000 are right behind them. They're expressing themselves and it's bright and revisited really, isn't it? And um, Well, they're all they're all expecting to absolutely hammer Luton because that's what they've come to expect from Man United over the years. I think eventually they're going to have to reassess that because that's not what Man United are anymore. And I think they're... they're I know they're a lot, a, a long period away, and many, many years since Sir Alex Ferguson uh, quit. But um, it was a one-off, and they had twenty-five years of of one of the best to replace that and to be back where they are. Particularly with the strength of all the other teams at the top end of the Premier League is not going to happen. But despite all that, um, 
they will still expect to hammer teams like Luton. And so not allowing that to happen um, is another sort of chalk mark on, on Luton's side. Yeah, it's nice of Sir Alex to remind the Man United fans that it could be a lot worse by having Sam Allardyce sat alongside him in the stands <laughs> uh, on Saturday. You don't definitely don't want that at your club, that is for sure. Um, Mengi, Ted and Mengi, we've spoken about him in the last two podcasts and he impressed again, both ends of the pitch, obviously up for the game. No doubt about that, having um, left Manchester United to join us. Uh, first time he'll have played in that sort of atmosphere at, at Old Trafford, handled it really, really well and just continues to flourish. Yeah, I'd, I'd expect him to be, because he's been brought up with that. Um, he's been brought up in one of the best, biggest clubs with the biggest expectation, the best coaches for a long while. Um and for whatever reason, hasn't got his shot there. And, you know, we're all hoping and starting to see, actually, I think that we've got the better deal there. Um, but um, it's, you know, if he's going to come in and um, he's going to have to hit the ground running, and that seems to be what he's done. Really, he's, uh, He doesn't look out of place in the slightest. And when maybe when he came and he wasn't, he wasn't really starting or getting a look in to start with. Maybe you're thinking he was a backup, but now you're thinking when the other two get back, Bell and Burke and Mads Anderson, obviously when he comes back as well, how are they getting in? Yeah, they're definitely Rob's going to have some selection headaches uh, there. That's for sure. And, you know, shout out again to Gay Bosho who uh, did absolutely nothing wrong. And Tom Lockyer, actually, he was excellent. Uh, apart from that early chance, Hoyland didn't really influence the game too much, apart from when they caught us on a counter-attack to set up um, Garnacho, who I have absolutely no idea what that bloke was doing. Um, that's, when, not, that's not what Match of the Day was saying. I mean, <laughs> well, no. waxed lyrical about Hoyland, didn't they? Well, they did, but all they waxed lyrical about was his work rate. I mean, if, some, if I've spent 72 million quid on someone, the least I want is for him to run his arse off <laughs> yeah. for however long he's on the football pitch. You know, I'm not praising you for that. That's yeah. a... That's a pre-requirement of the situation. Um, moving further forward then, I guess this is where we're at now. I think we're keeping these teams at bay when we go away from home. Okay, Villa was different, but you know we've highlighted their goals um, record throughout the um, podcast that we've done both during then and since. But we seem to be fine. The goals that we're conceding are like annoying goals rather than soft ones. Um but now against these sides, and it's probably wrong to even talk about this, but we are talking about a Man United review podcast. When we get to like the final third, it all slows again. And you just want someone to have a little bit of, I don't know if it's belief, conviction, whatever it is, you just like, just do something, mm. <laughs> you know? It wasn't the case with the Morris chance, but it was, it, it was tough to get Chio into the game. To be fair, Dallow did a pretty good job on him and Rashford was kind of doubling up when needs be, so Doughty couldn't really get forward and assist him too much either. It, it was hard to get Gio in the game, but on the times that we did get him in, he kind of got to the penalty box and it stopped. And he just, like, have a little bit more, yeah, belief that you can do something, you know, mm. and try and create something. I'd much rather you, even if you cut inside and belt a ball, you know, halfway to the moon, at least you're doing something rather than 
just checking back and it all stops and everything, you know, because you never know. You might buy a ticket and win the raffle. You might ping it in the top corner, but it just seem, we just seem to get to a certain, against these sort of sides, Aston Villa, Manchester United, away from home, I, I should add, not at home. We're, we're, we're fine at home. Where we get to a certain point on the pitch and it just stagnates. It's I, don't, I can't put my finger on what it is, but you just hope that as we learn, that's the next thing that we learn. Yeah, yeah, probably because um, I think United, you, you have to say United respected Luton in, in doing a number on cheer and that's going to happen a couple of times this season, maybe more as he's been so effective and is building up a bit of a reputation really. So you've got to have other avenues. Um, and there are, there are. You've got Issa Dubois is playing well at the moment. Um, and you've got Jordan Clark coming back, so hopefully that's more of an attacking thing in the middle of the park. However he gets deployed, we don't know yet. Um, and I think uh, with Ross Barkley sort of coming more to the fore, that they've got to understand how he plays as well, really, because he can pull the strings. And on that, we asked, after the Liverpool game, ping those passes into him so you can run the ball past him and go. There were four, five, six times they did that yesterday, and he did, mm. and he's carrying the ball. Now what they've got to do is when they've done that bit, someone make the run. Let him find you. If he doesn't find you, then that's fine. But make the run so that he can find you, because at the minute we're all just a bit, oh, do we, don't we, should we go forward, shouldn't we go forward? And I understand that we're up against, it's, it's who we're up against and we're respecting who we're up against, and largely a lot of the game plan might be down to not, you know, getting tonked and all of this, that and the other. But I think Barkley's just that special talent that you can kind of take risks with. And, um, you know, someone will cover you if you if you do do that. Yeah, I think so. And they've got to get up to the speed of his um, abilities with the ball and, and his footballing brain as well, I suppose. There's, there's, you know, he's... You know, although he's been at the club for most of the season now. He's been injured for a piece of it and he's only really started to find his feet fitness-wise and form-wise in the last couple of games, which is to be expected and understandable. Um, so, yeah, I think there's probably an element of that. Um, but I've, I've got absolutely every faith that they'll sort of work on that in the in the break and uh, particularly because, you know, he's, he's not going away for international duty as well which you know if he play if he carries on improving like he is maybe he gets another shot i don't know you can um, take half doubty with him if he does <laughs> yeah you you're incredulous about that weren't you that uh, yeah england's not even looking at him um you know we talked about it in the last podcast so you can go, go and have a look at that as to what we thought about that but um yeah there's there's positivity there isn't there but it's um is, is finding the right mix to to make it click, isn't it? Because, you know, if the, the out ball and the, the main target has been Chio for a little while, understandably so, because he can absolutely roast pretty much anyone uh, when it's a one-on-one -on -one situation. A little bit difficult if they're going to double up. But maybe he figures that out as well, because he's, imp he's improving all the time. Um, and maybe two's not so, not so daunting eventually. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll find out, but... Um, I, it, I think it is difficult the way it's 
the way they set up the formation, although it's not necessarily just Morris up front, that's sort of the starting point, isn't it? And then you've got other players to come in and join. But just playing one up front is so difficult, particularly when he's been so used to having a partner. Yeah, and in those last two away games, Aston Villa and um, Saturday, he is very isolated. You know, the midfield's 40 yards behind him and it's, you know, it's a, it's a tough... <coughs> Tough, tough ask for anyone. Actually, on Carlton Morris, we, you know, we we spoke about the people questioning him after Aston Villa, and you'd have to say against Liverpool, he was absolutely excellent in dominating both of those centre backs, two world class centre backs. And again, uh, yesterday, he was very, very good. His service was nowhere near the same. Kaminsky's long clearances were nowhere near him, whereas they were pretty much right on him against Liverpool. Um, but when he did get the ball, he held it up. He's got this thing with Barkley that I've noticed now that the ball goes into Morris's feet and Barkley's running off him and Morris has just got to shift it to him and go and then that's how we get forward and I like the way that that's progressing that's one of the things that you, they can work on then to utilize uh, Barkley's abilities and I've no doubt that they will if that's starting to come through yeah and, and obviously once you get Barkley driving if you've got Chio up with him you've got Kabore up with him whoever we, well we saw last week exactly what happens there so, but no fair play to Carlton you give him the service he proved yesterday if you still provide him with the service he'll still provide you with shots on target can't guarantee goals these are world class goalkeepers that we're going up against even allowing for the jest and everything with regards to Inanna he's still Cameroon international of God knows how many caps just made a good save but the last two games in particular has been the Morris that we well that took us to the Premier League yeah and it I understand the, the the question in the last one about, you know, what, what, how is he getting on? But he's going to have periods like that. He's in the Premier League playing against world-class defenders. He, he didn't look out of place um, against Liverpool's pairing, which was good. Um, and that's, that's the first thing you want to look for and, and hope for, isn't it? That that's, that's in place. And then obviously when he gets his chances to make goalkeepers work at the very least, and he did that at Manchester United. So, um, I, yeah, I've got no worries about him. And I didn't when we talked about it in the last podcast, really. It's just it's just a different world that we're in, really. And he's not going to go and score 20. If he scored 20 goals, it'd be amazing, but he's not going to, is he? So. Yeah, I mean, if he scores 20 goals, Luton stay up. It's as simple as that because the rest of the team are going to chip in with another 20, 25 goals and you just don't go down with 40, 45 goals. You go down if you score less than 30 goals, that sort of thing. You look at the three teams that went down last season, they couldn't hit the onion bag for love nor money and they couldn't keep them out the other end. Well, we're not letting them in the other end. We just need to sort that end of the pitch out. And I guess the next sort of four away games will dictate where we're at in that. Brentford away, Bournemouth away, Burnley away. And I can't even remember who the other away game is after that one. But they're all, um, the, the away games that are coming up, they're all games that we don't need to have 40 yards between our midfield and our striker. Yeah, we'll probably still be deep because, you know, you're away from home. You take a point away from home. But there won't be that kind of distance. So you'd expect Morris to be in the game a lot more and all of the attacking players, actually. So we'll, you know, we'll kind of see where we're at away from home then. We, you know, we I really can't emphasize it enough. To judge us on Aston Villa away and Man United away is just so futile and pointless because there is a league between us, even though we're in the same division. But we'll finish off with the real positive from Saturday, and that's the return of Jordan Clark. It's just so good to see him out on the pitch. Whenever he's out on the pitch, he's just one of those players that you like watching. 
yeah, I mean, can't count the amount of times I waxed lyrical about him last season. I absolutely loved watching him play. Um, and I'm so gutted when he got that injury because, you know, he's one of those players that has um, had this incredible journey, not just with Luton, but throughout his football career and where he's been playing. Um, conference football, lower league, Gackington, Stanley, and then... Well, Hyde as well, literally just down the road. Exactly, yeah. Um, and then getting, getting into the Premier League and not only that, scoring the goal in in the playoff final that we thought would be the one to get to get Luton there. So, um, yeah, it's just... He deserves everything that uh, he gets in a, um, in a positive way, uh, Jordan Clarks, because he's a top bloke as well. Um, I mean, they all are. That's part of Luton's transfer policy, really, isn't it, to get good people. But um, every season he stepped up and he's obviously had to bide his time um, now and you're not going to judge him on a cameo performance in what his primary position against Man United at Old Trafford, but the fact that he's even on the bench and um, and, and getting a getting a go there when his last game was at Wembley, that's um, some introduction for him. Yeah, particularly, like I say, where his roots are and everything, you know, in the northwest part of the world. To appear at Old Trafford would probably have been a dream. So for him to realise that, fair play. And it's so good to have Clicker back. I mean, you're right. Whenever we see him at presentation evenings or promotion parades or whatever it may be, and we ask, you know, for a few words. He never says no, which is well within his rights to do because at the end of the day, you know, he's there to be with the squad and the fans and everything else like that, and we're taking him away from that. But he never does, and he always gives good interviews. He's just a great guy, isn't he? And he's uh, you can tell why he's a fan's favourite because um, he does indulge himself in all of that stuff and fair play to him. And hopefully he has two more good weeks of training and he's um, right in contention for the Crystal Palace game because uh, yeah, I mean, you get a feeling there's a big part to play with Jordan Clark. Well, I hope so. I really do. I, I, you've, got, you've got to try and find out where he fits into the side and I'm sure they will. But he's um, he he's not Ross, Ross Barkley level because Ross Barkley has played to the top level football for his entire career and he's been in England international. But he has got the ability to pick a pass thread a ball through, find something, decent shot. Athleticism, uh, yeah. getting run pitch. Yeah, surprise, yeah, surprisingly strong for the, for the size of player he is. Um, so he's in, he's in the same mould and undoubtedly, he'll, if we're talking about that he's improved every season he's been at, Liv, uh, at Luton, then why would he not get better when he's playing with the likes of Ross Barkley and Andros Townsend and stuff like that? So... And, you know, every faith that he, he will and, and, and then try and... It's just about him getting up to speed, isn't it? But why can't he just come in and, and, and slot straight in? Gabe Osher did. Yeah, he's got competition now for the best free transfer that Luton have ever made, though. I think for us, Barkley might, <laughs> might edge him in that one. But, hey, who's to say Clicker won't improve? And um, hey, Ross Barkley didn't have some of the best stats in Europe. And, uh, <laughs> it's very which true. Is, which is what made Luton sign him. That is very true. I don't think Ross Barkley set up oceans of goals in League One, but I, <laughs> you know, I understand uh, the sentiment. It's much like when Luton fans are singing "Conference Champions," you'll never win that to Manchester United. Yeah. They're probably like, I don't really care about that, but funny, nevertheless. In fact, there was some pretty good chance in the away end um, on Saturday, and it's a good job there was because it's yet another Premier League ground that is 
I mean, it's a great ground, right? It's iconic. It, what is it? Five months ago, it hosted an England international, but it is dead. Mm. Without away noise yesterday, it was absolutely dead. And they would, didn't even boo or anything, you know? It's like, they did nothing. At least, you know, we've been to some grounds like Chelsea were just starting to turn before they started scoring their goals. This lot, absolutely nothing whatsoever. It was like, this experience yeah. of being in Premier League grounds is just soulless. It's just, it's not all it's cracked up to be, I tell you. Yeah, and I'm, I'm starting to see that on, on Twitter. I think there was uh, a couple of posts this week end actually where they were saying no, not nothing to do with Luton's application their efforts um, and the way they're trying to play it's nothing to do with that but they're sort of very underwhelmed by the Premier League and, and getting there and not having any atmosphere and uh, you know I, I sort of knew this would come I, I warned about this when we were back in the championship um, and sort of dreaming about getting in the Premier League not even on on course for it at the time because you know I I went and covered a bit of Premier League for for two seasons, and it just was a it was a different world because I'd gone from the cauldron like atmosphere of Kenworth Road to these grounds where they don't make a lot of noise, and particularly the big teams. Um, if you think Luton thought they were and they were a big team in the conference, and sometimes when one of those teams came to Kenworth Road, it was a bit quieter then, and that's the same mentality when. Luton go to Manchester United. I know we won't want to think it like that, but Man United just expect to beat Luton and they expect to beat them very, very comfortably and nothing else will do for that. Um, I'm surprised that they weren't booze in, in a sense really because if you, know, you get them to 55 minutes and it's still nil-nil against Luton, they were expecting to... Yeah, I expected loads of goals passed. When the, when the half-time whistle went, I expected them to boo. Yeah, I didn't even you know it's like it's, the apathy was just. But it, it, that it's 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 going to happen. It it really is because um, I've seen it so many times. Um, even to the point when I used to work for a, a Northampton paper as well, and um, as well as doing the Luton stuff, it's just in the group. So I occasionally filled in for the Northampton report, and the cobblers got up to Anfield for a, ca a ca whatever it was there, Rumbelow's Cup, I don't know what it was called. <laughs> they had changed so many times in it, but the League Cup. And um, there was no noise whatsoever. It was almost quite full. No noise from Liverpool whatsoever. And, and the Cobblers fans were sort of trying to, where's your famous atmosphere? It's just because Liverpool don't see that as a big game and they're not, they're not interested, they're not up for it in the slightest. Cobblers beat them on penalties. <laughs> and... Uh, so that uh, shows you why I should probably try and support your team a bit. But um, I've seen it so many times and it, it doesn't surprise me. I think the, it, it would be disappointing um, for Luton fans, I guess, and feel sorry for them if they're not feeling it that much. But don't worry about what the opposition fans are doing, I, I would say. Try not to. I know it helps. It's lovely when you've got that back and forth and you've got someone to battle against from... You know, stand to stand, but as long as as long as Luton fans are enjoying it, um, being with other Luton fans in these grounds, make it make the most of it from your own perspective and in your own Luton collective, particularly on the travelling um, support um, support. That's all you got to do because you're going to come up against so many of these teams that 
that aren't, in, aren't interested. And as well, with you know, 73,000 people in that ground, a large proportion of them are going to be touristy fans. They're not going to be... That, that, that unfortunately, is what the Premier League has brought. And they can, they can hype it up as much as, as you like about you know, the quality. And we have seen the quality, but unfortunately that, that comes with it and it just sort of dampens down the, the feverish atmosphere that we're more used to uh, in the lower leagues. But um, uh, yeah, I did, I, I did see that and I, I'm, not, I'm not surprised really. It's, it comes with a defeat as well, doesn't it? You sort of think, oh, I'm not, not fancying this so much because uh, of, uh, of that. And um, you know, it was a winning run, such a great winning run last season. Um, and such high hopes is is different to acclimatise to, but you, you do have to sometimes check yourself and go, <laughs> yes, this is Old Trafford. Yeah, I'd be surprised if, and disappointed really, if any Luton fans are disappointed with seeing the team lose. I mean, no offence, and I'm as positive as the next person, but you need to get used to that for the remainder of the season because we are probably still going to lose. I mean, what have we lost? Eight out of 12? And that's probably going to be the pattern. We're only probably going to avoid defeating yeah. half, if not one in three games from here on in. That's just a fact of life. But well, And Edwards pointed out at the beginning of the season that last season, Forrest lost 18 games and still stayed up. That's the thing. I mean, ultimately, you're looking for a number, aren't you? Personally, this season, I think the number's somewhere around 30. Now, how you get there, you could win 10. I mean, obviously, we can't now because we've drawn three. But 30 you points. Could, yeah. I thought you meant lose 30 games and still stay down. Well, I mean, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, th I think 30 points is the sort of number. Yeah. So, in essence, at the start of a season, you can lose 28 if you win the other 10. Mm. And you still stayed up. That's that, how bonkers this league is. We might not even need 30 points, although there would be a certain irony if Luton Town got 30 points and stayed up with the song that everyone sings. Don't be do too... Um, Disconcerted, particularly in those last two away games. I mean, the away games that are coming up, if they're as bleak as what these last two have been in terms of attacking output, then maybe there's more of a concern. But I would imagine that we're going to be on a lot more of a level playing field. Certainly at Brentford, at Bournemouth and Burnley, I think we'd all be disappointed if that's not the case. Um, the main thing is the players know we're there, that we appreciate their efforts, uh, which we definitely did yesterday. So um, that's that's good. And hey, we're still building, and that's uh, the most important thing. That's it for this episode of the Luton Town Supporters Trust podcast. We will keep on bringing you more content during the international break. So uh, if you haven't yet um, sub sub get it out, subscribed to our YouTube channel, more than 750 of you have. But if you haven't yet done that, if you can do that, that would be great for us because it helps with all of the sort of algorithms and everything else. But it will also allow you to know exactly when our next podcasts uh, drop if you have already subscribed thanks very much for doing that please do continue to like and uh, rate the podcast and keep your comments coming in we do read them all james replies yeah. to as many of them as he can and they've been fantastic we really appreciate that james thanks very much for your time thanks to you for watching and listening thanks to the high town club for putting us up once again if you did hear any fireworks we do apologize for that but it is diwali and uh, a big time of the year for people who celebrate that thanks to sean grant and the wolfgang for our intro music and to ed smith creative for all the designs that you see on our set until next time which will come later which come next week sorry uh, come on you atters
this town. I love this town. I love this, this, this town. You know what I love about this town? It's actually you. Everyone in it has got this massive soul. We're local people. 